Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to Elijah Fire episode 359, almost to 360. And then we'll officially be 40 away from episode. I already said that episode 1000, we're going to do it on the moon. I may have overpromised on that one. So maybe we'll have to get clever. Anyways, we'll cross that bridge when we get to episode 1000. But today's episode 359. Today is Wednesday, January 3rd, if you can believe it, 2024. Very exciting. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire podcast. And um, yeah, good times. Um, also, uh, guys, anytime you donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, that keeps this free. And we love free. Free is awesome, um, but keep it free at five days a week, uh, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and we just so appreciate those donations, you guys. Um, but we, you know, we like to go beyond, above and beyond. That's that's the way Steve is. So um, anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, proceeds go towards this and also our water well efforts overseas around the world so we're going to play a quick video and then we're going to get going many people do not have access to safe clean water which is why we have made it our mission to help change that it takes time prayer and research to identify the right locations for new water wells as we discover a village that could use clean water we travel there to get to know the people we cover a lot of ground and spend countless hours on our way to visit the unclean water sources and back again as we search for the ideal spot for the new well the exciting part comes next the surveyor confirms that the water is present and then the drilling team is mobilized water eventually springs forth the community's happiness explodes a realization that sets in and know that God has heard their cry for help. Following the completion of the well and the installation of the custom sign, a celebration praising and thanking God is held. Many come to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Destinies are being changed around the globe, one clean water well at a time. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com donate. Or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. Thank you guys again for your generous donations. We love you guys. All right, guys. Uh, today I have, I love this guy. He's great. I, we just, we're jamming in the back, you know, talking. Uh, that's why we're late because we're talking. Mostly my fault because you know how I be. Uh, but he is the COO of Restore 7. He is also the co-host of the show Moment of Truth, along with his wife, Justice, on Restore 7 TV. Let's give it up for our guest today, Chris Keel. Chris, welcome back. Hello, Jeff. How you doing, dude? Good. Happy, happy New, New Year, Year again. I said it backstage, but Happy New Year to the whole world. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, you know, we titled this kind of America and the church in 2024. Yes. A lot of people are, are kind of coming out with words about 2024. You were saying backstage, this is more based off of analysis. Um, not necessarily just from your mind, but obviously you prayed about it and, no. and everything, but 
Um, I thought it was really insightful, a lot of it, what's in the notes. So why don't you set it up and then we'll just, we're just going to kind of talk about it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, there is definitely, you know, obviously the spirit in it, but also just, I feel like a lot of this stuff is going to be really obvious stuff. I feel like that, um, you know, is we need a major shift in the nation right now. Um, and in the church, I'll say both of those things. Um, you know, Vladimir Lenin said that, you know, if, if there are decades where nothing happens and then there are weeks when decades happen, I feel like 2024 is going to be the year where so much happens in this year. Um, it's like, feel it. yeah, a stack of papers of unanswered questions in the nation, like on the desk, you know, it's like you're looking at a desk and it's <laughs> all these things that don't make sense and what's going on and what's happening. And I feel like 2024 is the, is the year where all of that stuff just, just comes out and, and those things get answered. So it's going to be an exciting year. Um, I think it's going to be a turbulent year. There's going to be a lot of things that um, come out that are going to be like, I think shocking to a lot of people um, and maybe shocking less to some people, um, but it's going to be wild. And so I'm excited. I like these, these kind of uh, bumpy years where you have a lot of transition and and some people don't like transition years, but I, I love them. And I think it's going to be a, an exciting era. Um, and so I have kind of three predictions for the church and then four for the nation. Um, okay. So that's kind of how we're going to line this up. So yeah. um, I can start with that. Also, before we even get into that, I want to just say my wife's book comes out. Um, you can pre-order it right now. Um, <laughs> oh, where is it? Okay. So if you go on Amazon and you, and you type in Justice Keel, K-U-E-H-L, um, her maiden name is Enlo. Obviously, she's Johnny Enlo's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to search Justice Keel, K-U-E-H-L, and the book title which is from feminist to feminine and it's a pre-order right now. So if you've ever, like, if you've got, if you, if you're in this where you're trying to figure out, like, does the feminist movement represent me? Like, do I want to be part of feminism? Like, how do I even think about feminine feminism? Or if you've got a daughter or a sister, this is an amazing book. Like I love the way that justice always approaches things because she's such a heart person, but she's also super intellectual. So she's, this is like extremely well researched this book. Um, and it's just like to the heart, of women right now. And so I feel like it's not at all like judgy about a position. It's just very, very like, she, she talks to you like a sister. Um, and so I just, I love the way she communicates about these issues and this is kind of her life's work. So if any of those issues, uh, you know, strike your heart at all, definitely go check it out and do a pre-order and get mm. it January 23rd. Nice. So, um, we are going to, we actually have the link ready. We're going to put it in the description, go under the stuff we talked about and you can pre-order the book right there. It'll take you right there. Um, yeah, that's super exciting. I know she's been working on it for a while, right? Yeah. And, uh, it's just, you know, she did a deep dive into all of like the major feminist authors from the sixties, the seventies kind of gives a backdrop for how feminism, which is actually a very Western modern thing. Like you don't see feminism in any shape or form, like in any other culture or era, Really, so it's a very modern thing. So she kind of dives into the history of it and how it's representing itself, where it came from, and then just how to think about it as a woman in today's mm-hmm. America. And I would imagine it'd be insightful even for guys to read too. Actually, I, I learned a ton, honestly, reading it, um, just about so many different things, actually. And so, yeah, it's it's got a beautiful cover. Um, it's you know, it's just it's it's a really really great book. Um, and if you know Justice at all, she's just got such an amazing heart for people. Um, it's, it's not, like I said, it's not all judgy of like, you know, if you're not a stay at home mom or if you're, if you're working or if you're trying to figure out what you think, it's not going to judge any of those positions. It's really just trying to give a backdrop and talk, talk through ideas kind of as, as a sister would, you know? 
Awesome. Yeah. I've always really appreciated her insight and just perspective. Mm -hmm. I think she handles that stuff with care, yes. um, but doesn't mince words. So no, totally. Yeah. So well, I, I have to ask, why do you, going back to what you were saying, why do you like transition years? Tell us, Chris. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think that God likes to set the stage for things, you know? And so I think he'll let things kind of percolate um, almost like you would with like a good stew. And then the, the time comes where you get to eat all that hard work, you know, and so I feel like that's, that's where we're at. Um, but you know, some people just, they're hobbits at heart, you know, like they, they like the shire, they, they, they don't want to get out of the comfortable. Um, but then there's some people that want to go on the quest. And I feel like that this is a quest year um, mm, where I love quest. There's, yeah. There's going to be a lot of challenges. There's going to be a lot of chaos, but you know, that they're, that the Lord is behind all of it. And so, um, you know, I just, I like transition years because I think that's when you get to see the fruit of all the change, you know? Yeah. And I think also too, there is an, a whole added element of you're forced to face mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that, yeah. you know, maybe you were like, la 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 or like you know turned a blind eye to ignored yeah um yeah that's right totally and i think some of that stuff is definitely this for sure um yeah and i would i mean just being transparent i think i really struggle with like i i'll, I'll reference like 2020 for example mm -hmm. i'm not i'm i'll talk about politics i would say that's not my area of expertise okay. like some people are just like I mean, that's the thing, you know, yeah. and, and God bless them. Um, but I think that I really struggle with years like, you know, 2020 and, and, um, I don't know, maybe it'll be a challenge for me this year too. Maybe yeah. it'll be different because I have a different perspective, but it's just going like, okay, I'm forced to acknowledge a lot of this stuff in these different avenues that I feel, I feel overwhelmed because, yeah. Like, this is not my, I don't feel like I even have a grace to handle this. And I totally. think there are a lot of people that, that fall into that boat with like different things. And maybe it's just about using discernment yeah. and, and being like, Hey God, what am I supposed to grab a hold of? What am I supposed to, uh, because I, I really feel like I call it like dumping out the whole box of Legos, you know, you're looking yeah. for like one, or, one or two pieces and you dump the whole box out, yeah. you know, um, and I did feel like 2020 was definitely one of those years. And mm -hmm. I would imagine 2024 is going to be no different. Yes. Or maybe, I mean, maybe we're seeing a culmination of yeah, things that in I, do. I think at the, I think at the end, it's going to feel much better. You're going to feel relief. Um, yeah, I'm sure. You know, I mean, justice is that way, dude. She, I mean, I can't have a lot of these conversations with justice right now. She just, and you know, she's in postpartum. We just had our first baby her emotions are like super all over the place. And she's just uh -huh. like, I can't talk about a lot of this stuff right now. You know, yeah. <laughs> so my Elijah fire has to listen. To yeah, me. dude, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. No, yeah. um, but I just, just, if you're that person, I totally get it as well. You know, yeah. I think that, you know, the, the unfortunate reality is that, you know, the nations that you live in, the economies, you know, even some degree, the church, you know, it's almost like, do you know who David Foster Wallace is? He, I know the name. I'm going to Google him right now. Okay. He, he, you know, he won the MacArthur Genius Award for for books that he wrote. He's a very, very smart guy. So smart that he ended up killing himself, which is super sad. Dang. Um, but one of those guys that was just really, really brilliant, didn't have the Lord, I think didn't know what to do with his own brilliance um, mm. sometimes. But he wrote um, an essay called This is Water. And in the beginning, you know, it's, he talks about these two fish that are swimming along and they pass another fish and the other fish asks them how the water is. And they look at each other and they're like, what is water? 
um, you know, where they become so engrossed in what's around you that you almost miss like what it is, if that makes sense. Uh, Yeah. Uh Um, and, and unfortunately to some, to some degree, like governance of a nation just affects everything, you know, like the family that you grow up in, and it, 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 it's in your entire worldview, you know? So, I mean, there's these things that we have to address, even if addressing them is sometimes difficult to do because sure. of well, the influence that they yeah. have, you know, and you can just become kind of blind because you're just so used to it being around all the time. You start to like yeah. kind of miss it, you know? Well, and so to your credit, something that I've said several times on the show now is um, this kind of I guess this like stupor that we've fallen into, especially like we'll use 2020 for example yeah. as an example, because it's a perfect one of just like, Oh, obey, obey the, obey the laws of the land, obey, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you do, what you're told, do whatever you're told, yes. just listen. And we had many people, especially within the church, criticizing other Christians for holding their leaders accountable in accordance with the constitution, which I would actually argue is the correct stance because we all of these people we elect the answer to the people yes but it's because of the constitution Mm -hmm. and so to just say no just listen to them i'm like well what they're asking me to do is unconstitutional that's right you know so i think that 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 is something that is really going to come to a head now and i think that there's been a lot of vilification of even the 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 constitution Mm -hmm. which has been a really odd thing yeah it's been odd but Again, that's like a huge conversation, but you know, I do feel like that's by design. I feel like that's not something that's just like, you know, people have been conditioned to think that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why do they have that? You know, why, why, why are people all of a sudden now looking at the constitution as this abhorrent thing? Yeah. Um, Well, and I think that's part of the postmodern like water that we found ourselves in. If you want kind of the, you know, the woke education that's happening so deeply in the world, in America right now. I mean, there's all these things that's kind of playing, playing, playing into that, I think for, for America right now. Yeah. But I totally agree. Yeah. So why don't you, Chris, before we get too in the weeds, why don't you talk about the, you said there's three distinct challenges and trends ahead for the church this year. So you kind of broke them down into three. Yeah. Um, and then we'll talk about those and then we can jump into the four yeah, challenges. for the good. nation. Well, I'll just kind of say, so I think that right now, the things that I think that are happening that are going to be a big thing for the church in 2024, um, I believe that God's going to start cleaning out the house for all of the sexual immorality that's taking place in church leadership in America right now. Um, yeah, I kind of think it's the tip of the iceberg. Like we have, yeah, and, and we know it is. I mean, I'll tell you just from even what we do at Restore 7, we know that what's being publicly talked about is only the tip of what's really there right wow. now. Um, and so I, I'm just going to kind of say this about, well, I'll, I'll list the other two. I think that's what's going to, what's going to happen for Gen Z and millennials. And I think it's already happening. And this started happening in 2020 with COVID. There's a disenchantment with the church. Yeah. Uh, And kind of, when I say the church, um, first of all, I'm like, so pro church. I'm super pro church. I love the church. The church is holy. The church is like, it's, it's the church is the spiritual representation of God to to the earth. It should be Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time, when that goes off the rails, it's a huge, huge problem. Yeah. And, and I, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I, I think the changes are in store for the church. But that's the second thing is I think that we're going to see a further erosion of the influence of kind of the celebrity pastor, the mega church stuff, the kind of corporate Christianity that I feel like Gen Z and millennials are are, are really turned off by. Um, 
as this sexual stuff starts to become come out and become more prevalent, just you know the the knowledge of it, I'll say. Um, and then on the third thing, I think that's going to be a challenge for the church is how to deal with with Israel. Um, Interesting. So those that's kind of the the three things that I've got. Um, we can go into the first one a little bit if you want to start talking about that one first. Yeah, let's jump into it because yeah, so- obviously we're seeing stuff. Um, popping up, you know, uh, I, I don't know, dude, I kind of feel like a lot of this is like, I'm just looking back over the last four years, yep. we've seen stuff popping up. There've been some well-known, um, ministers who, uh, skeletons in the closet got unearthed, revealed their dirty laundry, got kind of exposed to the world. Um, and obviously there's stuff happening with IHOP and things yeah. like that right now. People are very well aware of. Um, and I, you know, I kind of got this feeling when that when the stuff with IHOP happened that I was like, this is like, I kind of feel like it's a bit like pushing the boulder down the hill, you know, yeah. like, it's not yeah. just like clunk, like it's going to become this just absolute, just it, get out of the way and don't try and stop totally. this kind of stuff from happening. No, totally. And that is, and, and I think, I, I think that's what I mean when God is going to deal with this now, like. Mm-hmm. And let me just say that when we start as a body, start seeing it publicly, God's grace, dude, is so much that I, I know for a fact, dude, that he has been trying to get a hold of the hearts of these men for years, maybe years. Even decades, you know? Um, so when we're seeing it now publicly, it is because they have, they have not been repentant to his grace that God has been showing them for years. And when a man doesn't, I'll speak even as like my, as an own individual who's had to walk through things with the Lord, when, when you when you turn yourself off to the grace of God, he's going to send like the justice. He's going to sit on his throne and send his justice to that, to that person. And that's got not going to look like if, if they had accepted his grace over the years of, I know God coming to these men's hearts and saying, it is not too late to repent from this stuff. And so God's, God's heart always is, is to see like a man turn towards him, you know, and men have a choice to do that or not to do that. Um, And, all the men that we're talking about have chosen not to be open and honest mm-hmm. after multiple attempts to get a hold of them. Yeah. Um, and so I think that this is now going to come out in very public and ugly ways, unfortunately. Well, that uh, causes a lot more. It's not even at that point because of the nature of how high yeah. they're operating. Yeah. The nature of that is that they're going to hurt so many people now as a result oh, of that's that. Right. Of that. And, and it's going to happen on both sides. There's going to be people that are so close to these men that they cannot believe that this is happening. Right. And they're going to try to cover them. They're going to try, you know, and whether that's, I have thoughts on why that happens. Um, I think a lot of times it's just that you cannot believe that someone who was so spiritually influential in your life could ever do these things, even though it's clear that they are doing it. It's like they can't, it's, it's like they can't, can't ever believe this because of who this person is in, in their mind, you know? Um, even after the evidence is out there and even after it's been shown, they just still can't, you know, they just can't, they just, there's like a mental barrier that they can't get past in the spirit for, for believing this. Um, but I also think that even among Christian leaders, you know, there's kind of this sense of like, well, we got to show grace. Like what if I was in that position? There's, there's like, they almost see themselves as being in that position one day or the vulnerability of being in that position. And so they don't want to protect the flock in the situation. But I think as, the church and as people, if you're in a position of leadership and you're around this, you know, your obligation is to protect the flock, like to protect the people that are being preyed on in these scenarios 
And I think the best that we can hope for men who have fallen into this is that they would eventually just be repentant and restored to God, not necessarily back to church leadership. And I would say in most cases, not in church leadership. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Right. Um, you know, because the standard is just different, dude. I mean, the New Testament standard for leaders is totally different. Um, and I think that that scares a lot of a lot of men, to be honest with you. And and we should think about that differently. I mean, you're not driving for FedEx. You're not working at Costco. Like you're, you've got a platform and a lead and a leadership role in, in a super holy thing. You know, so when this kind of stuff happens, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, they there's just there's all sorts of different responses to it. None of it's good. Um, you know, I look at Numbers 25, 25. You know the story of Pinchas, Mm-mm. where the children of Israel you know, are fornicating and doing all these things. And he grabs a spear <laughs> and he starts slaying all of the people who are doing this thing. It's a crazy oh, story. Yeah. And then because of that, you know, it's like his whole line then gets to be like the priest, like the priestly line, That's because right. God says like, you know, like you feared my name. Now I'm not saying that we should go out and start spearing people, but I am saying that like, there is something that's worth revering of the holiness of God that yeah. we've totally lost dude at this point, you know? And I think that, as this starts to unfold, we need to, I think it, it's, we need to err on, on seeing God and what he's in, you know, his temple as holy and protecting mm-hmm. people from like this kind of sin that's happening in, in the church right now. And so I think that's going to be a big thing for 2024 is more of this coming out. Yeah, man. I, I just feel like as, as men, I feel yeah. like, how to respond to this stuff when it happens. Cause you're going to, ha- I mean, I think that's important too. I mean, as men, it's like, yeah, showing compassion to people, but at the same time, that level of reverence for the Lord. Yeah. Cause he is holy. Totally. You know? Well, and I think that, you know, and I think a lot of this unfortunately is predicated by men. So I think it is important to talk about as men, how do you handle this? You know, I think, you know, a lot of this stuff, unfortunately, these these men are still not being honest to the degree of the sin. And that's a huge problem. I mean, like, even IHOP publicly has come out and said concerning Mike Bickle that they have permanently, you know, disconnected from yeah. him. He'll never be a leader. And that happened almost overnight, you know. And so that's then there are many other cases like this, mm-hmm. um, you know, where this kind of stuff is going on. I mean, that's a serious thing. And they're still not there still there still has not been an open statement about what truly has taken place there you know yeah but i do um, feel like it, it is it's hard when you see this stuff happen because it usually always starts with allegations coming out yeah. after years and then they they kind of publicly go this isn't true this isn't mm-hmm. and then i, I mean yeah. i'm not trying to be jaded i'm just trying to look at this in kind of just a very just practical way most of the time what ends up happening is it is true. Right. It's totally. You get found out and I'm totally. like, that's what you got to deal with your stuff, man. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> true. It. It's totally true. And dude, God so badly wants to walk with people through these struggles. Like if they would just be open and honest when it first happens, you know, and I, and I just think that that's the, that's the thing is I feel like they feel like, well, what, the spirit didn't leave me after the first time this happened. So maybe God doesn't think this is wrong, or maybe I'm a special person, or maybe, you know, you, you become so self-deceived. And after doing this for years, for decades, it becomes almost impossible to penetrate that the hardened, the hardness that's happened to that man's heart. 
And so I think like the best thing you can do is pray for a man's repentance, pray that he's, he, he can receive the softness that once existed in his heart to turn back to God, forget ever about restoring this man to public ministry. Like just pray that the man himself can be like saved and turned like back over to a true place yeah. of repentance, honestly, because that's the thing is people focus on like, well, what's it going to do to the church? What's it going to do? And th- those are all super important things, but then they pre put a man back into ministry who maybe should probably never be back in ministry again, you know? Right. And that's not even to me when I'm looking at this, I'm not even, that's not even a, um, that option. to me isn't even on the table. It's <laughs> yeah. not even a, this thing of like, yeah. Oh, but what about this? I'm like irrelevant right now. Right, totally. like, Irrelevant, you know? Yeah. And I think that the correct heart posture, I mean, just as, as a guy, I'm also very compassionate um, totally like a justice fighter, all of that. But man, I just am sad. Like when I yeah. see people that are like this, I'm not like, how could they, this is so I'm like, totally. because I, okay. Number one, because I know in leadership, I know how lonely that can be. Yes. And if you're not, um, proactive in number one, being humble, transparent, um, and vulnerable with people, um, you can get into this mode of feeling like I have to have all the answers yep, and I have no one to turn to. Yep. And that is a nasty trap. It's a yes. nasty trap. So if anybody is in that place right now and you do feel your defense is wearing thin because you don't feel like you can talk to anybody, like there are people around you who you can, yes. even if it's your spouse, like okay. just start doing the work now. Go get help. Go be open. Like do yeah. you just go talk about those things because like, dude, God has so much grace, dude. It would blow yeah. us away. Like, it blows me away personally with IHOP how long God allowed this to happen. Like, that's what blows me away. Like, decades. And that's God's mercy on some, on a leader. At yeah, a, that's all that is, is God just praying that this man will turn and repent. Like, seriously. Like, Well, that, and we see that illustrated in the Old Testament. Yeah, like, 100%. we see God's character illustrated yes. in this way. Of like, I mean, how many times have you done something and, you know, maybe you let a sin sit, sit around for too long and God didn't immediately just remove you oh, from a, situ- a position or a situation. Yeah. Um, his grace is huge. And, it's, and it's there. Yeah. And I agree. So, I mean, if you're someone who's like, you know, just tempted by things or thinking about just go, like, go, go get help, go, go talk to another man, go, go become accountable. And it's actually funny, John Wimber of the Vineyard publicly disavowed all of the Kansas City prophets. Basically, he wanted them to be out of the Vineyard due to like the lack of accountability that he saw in their leadership structure. So this would be, you know, going all the way back to Bob Jones and Paul Kane and these guys that were all out of the Kansas City. He he recognized that there was a flaw um, in their accountability structure that he knew was going to be a massive problem. And so he had a whole thing where he, he wanted the, that group to be out of the vineyard, you know, um, because yeah, he saw that. And it's really true. I mean, like men need to be accountable. Like, oh, that's yeah. just, like we, we need it, dude. And so, yeah. um, you know, I just think, I think get it before it's too late, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, I guess it goes into the second challenge within the church this year. And that's, um, kind of the disillusionment with mega church celebrity pastor, yeah. uh, Christian celebrity. Yeah. Well, I think that there's, there's just, I'm not sure how healthy it is even for the man dude to have these kind of platforms that I think really primarily get, like, again, exist in Western Christianity. It's like we, we have kind of the entertainment 
you know, status idol stuff that happens in music and, and, you know, all the Hollywood culture and somehow Christianity has kind of slipped into that same thing and produced very similar people that have the same kind of influence that have, you know, they drive the same cars, they have the same jets, they have the same influence, maybe even more influence because it's kind of cloaked in the spirituality um, where you can manipulate and get away with things in a totally different way, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you will. And I think that, I think the era of that is winding down, dude. Um, I really, I just don't know how the church survives through this. And I think that ultimately, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, God. Dude. I mean, totally, you know, and I think it is really, I think it is a good thing. Um, and I am not trying to like take a stab at the church, dude. Like I said, you know, I'm pro church. We yeah, need pro-church. the church. Yeah. Um, the church can be and should be the most holy expression of God on the earth, you know? Um, but here's the reality, dude. Out of the nine main Protestant traditions, every single one of them is hemorrhaging except for the Assemblies of God and the Presbyterian. So seven out of the nine mainstream evangelical like denominations are all hemorrhaging people right now. Um, Pew Pew research is showing that Gen Z is the least religious generation to have in our lifetime. I remember when it was the millennial. I was a millennial. Mm-hmm. And so I, to some degree, I see there's something about the church as it exists right now that's not working, that... Um, and I think even after 2020, I mean, I see this and, and, you know, justice's sister is, is prime, you know, she's 21 or 22. She's prime smack in the Gen Z. And to hear her talk about how distant, how they just feel disillusioned by everything. Is it AT&T? We're disillusioned by it. Is it YouTube? We're disillusioned by it. Is, is it Facebook? We hate it. Is there's just like, I think of that verse in the old Testament that talks about, you know, we, we cry out because we realize we re- we look, we've received nothing but lies from our ancestors, you know? And I feel like there is an exposure that's happening right now in America that's going to expose really the realities. Unfortunately, many of them are dark right now. That's been happening in the nation. That's happening in the church. But the hope is, is that we're going to be able to rebuild something much more uh, truthful, just, and holy like when this whole thing is done. And that that has to be the hope. Yeah. So how do you I, – I would love to hear your thoughts on this because I have noticed that about – a lot of Gen Z is, is, and and I think a lot of that really, I mean, as a millennial myself, I I can see that maybe that started in our, maybe actually even started in Gen X of of the the whole grunge Mm -hmm. movement and, and all of that. And, you know, bucking the system and, and then that kind of bled over into millennials where that kind of, I guess, became more focused but then with gen z it's even at a finer point yeah um but well well, to that though and you can comment on that too but where i was going with that is i also notice that a lot of gen z are also very susceptible to sensationalist like i i come out i post a reel that's 30 seconds long and i go Israel's doing such and such. Look how horrible they are. And they, they're like, say no more. Yeah. Enemy number one. They don't need facts. They don't need, you know, Yeah. there's that whole element too. That's really interesting. And I, and I totally agree. I I would blame that more. I think on um, maybe the short form content of TikTok, how it's changing people's minds to some degree. Their attention spans. Attention spans. There's all sorts. I mean, you can really, I mean, they've done studies on, what it takes to convince someone in <laughs> in the Gen Z category, and it's not a lot because because I mean their their primary mode of information is TikTok. They're going to be these super short reels, um, and so that is that is. But I think to some degree, if we're honest, maybe all of us had. I don't know. I think about that. I'm like, oh. 
Was I susceptible to that? Yeah, probably to some degree, especially when I was in my 20s. Yeah. And I was I think we still can be in some ways, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, look at the 60s and 70s. I mean, like, but that's what I'm saying is that whole like stick it to the man, um, the rock and roll culture, the you know, the anti-war Vietnam, all that stuff. In my opinion, like God's answer to that was the Jesus people movement and look yeah. at the radical revival that yeah. took place during that time. So mm-hmm. like I'm so, I agree with everything that you're saying on all of that. And I, I think you're right. That's where we are. So we need we need that spark of, um, you know, rival reformation in, in the hearts of people right now. I just am not convinced it's going to take place through the celebrity channels, through the megachurch channels, through these oh. things. I, I actually believe that there's going to be a renaissance in family, actually. Yeah, um, I love that. And I, I'm praying that there's going to be something that happens on a much more organic, um, intimate level um, and with people taking more responsibility for their own lives, for their own spiritual growth, for um, families taking a lot more responsibility for them being like the stewards over their own children, um, you know, and, and to this degree. And so we can talk a little bit about that, but I think that we're seeing a trend towards homeschooling, remote work, all of these things that allows people to focus more on, um, Hey, like I'm in charge of my family. Like, I don't, you know, like I want to be part of, of the church at large, but I also realize that that can look different than what I've thought it, it yeah, has to be. Yeah. So I think that we're going to see a lot more of that. And I think that ultimately that is a really good thing. I think that's actually a return to God's design, if you will. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I, I think too, I don't know. I'm just, I, 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 it's like the seed of an idea. So I'm just going to say it, but you know, a lot of millennials are having children older, yep. you know, older than normal. I mean, there's plenty that had it in their early twenties yeah. in my late thirties and haven't had kids yet. My wife and I are talking about it, you know, but, um, I, I personally, I've said this to her. I'm like, I know that I would have risen to the occasion, uh, mm-hmm. if we had kids when we were much younger, but there are things now that have been burned out of me. Yes, that would make me a better father yes. uh, to uh, the, this you know next generation. And so I think that that's the case with a lot of millennials. I know there's a lot of millennials who are believers who are having kids mm-hmm. older. So you're around my same age. I just turned 38. So totally. yeah, yeah dude, we're we're almost right there together. And I think those trends follow a lot of different things. And we're going to talk about that actually in some of the national stuff that I have that's more related to why, why it's so important that like we have kids um, and that we have family and like, what is like, we're actually seeding the future of the nation when we do that and the future of the kingdom. And there's all sorts of things that, but I think that, you know, there's all sorts of studies on why our generation is doing that late. And a lot of it is economic actually. Um, we, this is this is another point that I had, but specifically with Gen Z, they were talking about they did these all these interviews. Bloom, Bloomberg Finance did, and what they found was that um, there's almost like permanent psychological scarring in Gen Z's psyche because of all the economic struggles that that have basically they've been through in the last 15 years. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, would, I would say similar for you know I, I understand why that exists. I mean, we had the financial crisis 2000, 2000, 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. It's been not really great since then in a lot of ways, what we've experienced over the last four years, um, you know, has been really, really damaging from an economic standpoint. And it's hard to feel like you've got the strength to have kids when you're financially struggling. Let's just be honest about that. Yeah. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Um, It just means, because I think to your point, when you said 
earlier, I know I would have risen to the challenge. You will rise to the challenge. Mm -hmm. Like people will rise. No one's ready for it. Let me just mm -hmm. tell you, no one is mm -hmm. ready for it. It, it. There's no way to be ready. Yeah. For what an intrusion it is to your life. So the antidote to that is to realize, to be able to focus on what you're building and what you're doing for not only just like the nation, but the kingdom. Yeah. And I think the reason why I like this kind of this conversation we're having just the, throughout this whole episode is because um, we've we spent a couple of days, a couple of episodes talking about what God is calling people to. And that is exactly what we're talking about. But this is diving a little bit deeper and I guess showing some practical areas where we're that, that God is highlighting in mm -hmm. our lives, not just, OK, well, I need to I need to speak. Uh, spend more time with him, you know, and I need, you know, I need to deal with my stuff, you mm -hmm. know, and that God is purifying things. Okay. Well, this is, these are the areas that he's going to be purifying. And so this is a, a great way of taking the spiritual veneer off and, and obviously not denying it, but looking at areas in our, in our lives that are being impacted right now. Um, and so, yeah, I think this is great, man. Totally. Well, I, you know, I think that it's a, uh it's an exciting time to, uh, to have kids actually. Like I, I really, and I look around, no one is having kids. No one in our generation is having kids unless they're Christians, dude. Like, I mean, honestly, like I look at all of my non-believing friends, none of them are having children. Having well, dogs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. House plants. Dude, yeah. our kids are going to rule the future. Like that's yeah. what that means. That like, when we think about like who is in charge of the future, it's going to be whoever's having kids. Mm. Um, and so that's an incredible opportunity for the yeah, body right now. Those of us who believe that we're going to be able to make it through the storms, make it through the struggles, let's say we believe in the Genesis mandate enough to go be fruitful and populate the earth, that we're going to, we're going to brave all the chaos right now. And we're going to go do that. Yeah. Well, like, and I think even to like having that biblical foundation while raising your kids, I guess in, I'm, I'm saying that, in contrast to the people that are having kids that aren't Christian, mm -hmm. that are maybe adapting uh, different uh, ideologies, gender yep. ideologies and things like that, that are very, uh, I guess, uh, progressive mm -hmm. that are, there's no, there's been no long-term study on the psychological ramifications of <laughs> a lot of this stuff that they're, yes. they're pumping yeah. into, you know, kids and, and, and yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. And I, it's it's not sustainable. And those kids are not going to be having kids unless no. there's some transformation in their life, which is why I'm saying like, you know, one of the, like it will be right now, if things are to stay as they are, um, all of the people that are producing kind of this gender ideological confusion um, that are not having families that are so afraid of the climate, all of this kind of stuff, whatever version it is that you're not having children or that you're teaching your kids to have that and building that yeah. fear into them so that they don't have kids their their lines literally do this is their lines are ending with that with that ideology and with that i mean it's it is like hardcore demonic just on that reason alone yeah because these people will not continue to populate the earth will not continue to have family will not and i mean dude the first command genesis 1 1 go and be fruitful populate the earth like we literally are continuing the genesis mandate when you choose to have family yeah Trusting that God is going to work out all the challenges that that comes with. Right. Yeah. So uh, something else, Illumination, she said, well, there's also the massive agenda with fear mongering overpopulation and global warming that has also contributed to people not having kids right yes. now as well. 
why have kids when we aren't even sure what the earth about the earth's future and i think you know we were talking guys yesterday about anxiety and i addressed that a, a little bit towards the end like what you're hearing Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Um, especially amongst Gen Z because they've been, you know, they've been exposed to, you know, they've had phones, they've been exposed to social media, and they're constantly being like pushed all this stuff, this doom stuff yes. of like, the environment, mm-hmm. social issues, the yep. world's going to blow up if President <laughs> Trump is in office, you know, all these things. And yeah. um, man, you have to be mindful of what you, like I said at the beginning of just being honest of like, man, I don't, it, discernment is so important because the reality is, is we were never in, God never intended us to know everything that's happening in the that's world. Right. Only right. he can handle that. And yes. so when you try to, swallow up everything it's like trying to drink out of a fire hose dude yeah. like it's just i mean total <laughs> carnage <Yeah>. you know <laughs> your mind literally cannot handle the doom no, and, Doom but, scroll is a real thing <laughs> yeah it really is and and i think that that's where a lot of this anxiety comes from you know i think it was like 70 don't quote me i quoted it more accurately months ago i was reading a study about gen z and they were saying that like i was like 70 plus percent of them claim some kind of mental strain, some kind of mental issue. Anxiety is a really big thing. And again, it's because of like, man, just be mindful of what you're taking in, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, it's so important. hundred percent. And I think that that is, it is a new challenge. I mean, like, you know, we were never really taught how to do it. I don't think people realized the power that it had when I got my first smartphone, no one understood what was at stake. But now 15 years into it, 10 years into it, whatever it's been, you know, there's a reason why all of the tech CEOs in Silicon Valley don't give their kids cell phones. They don't give their kids smartphones. They don't give their kids social media. All the guys designing all of this, all this stuff, they understand exactly what it's doing. And none of their kids, they send them to schools where technology is not allowed. They're not allowed to have smartphones. They can't have social media. Um, yeah, it's not happening with my kids. It's just not, no, no no way, no way. Um, You're playing with rocks and sticks outside. You're going to learn how to live in a tent and build a fire. Totally. Anyways. So yeah, you know, I mean, that kind of takes us into, I think the third challenge, um, you know, that the church is going to face this year. And that is like how to think about Israel. And we did, you know, I did an episode on this. Fantastic. Um, you know, and I don't know exactly. Here, here's something I want to just kind of point out a, a couple things. You know, there was a Harvard study recently that shows that, you know, 51% of the Gen Z group, 51% now, thinks that Hamas is justified in all of its killing of Israelis. That's the first time they've done this study for, I think, for as long as this conflict has been taking place over the last 20 years. And they've never seen a net positive support for Hamas. The, d- the data equally is showing that support for Israel is among the lowest that it's ever been in Gen Z and millennials, which means that if Gen Z and millennials are running the nation right now, America's posture towards Israel would not be a pro-Israel posture. Yeah. That's, that's exactly where the support is. And that's all related to moral relativism in the church. You know, that this, that this is even like where the, the Christians in the, these demographics and the church are still holding this position. Like it's not just secular, like it's also the church yeah. that same category of, of, of people that, that are believing that. So, 
And that's, that's a normal position for the church to have. And when I say normal, that's been the historical position that they've held for 1800 years. Everyone from John Martyr to Augustine to uh, let's see, John Christendom to Martin Luther. These, these were all people that were vehemently against the Jewish people. Yeah. So our church history, I think that one of the things is, is like, we want to be unique. We want to be unusual. We want to have like, you know, we, we don't want to just go with whatever we think the man is saying. Mm-hmm. But for 1800 years, the church's position has not been one of supporting Israel or the Jewish people. Yeah, so we need to realize like how unusual it is that we are living in an, even a nation that supports Israel. I mean, you can't even find that in Europe really for the, that yeah. much. Point. So it's, it's like, we're one of the last bastions that's standing with, with that nation right now. And so I think that God is going to continue to sift the hearts of his people through this issue. Um, and we don't have time to talk about all the nuances that go into like whether you should or shouldn't do this, but I think it's going to be, it's going to continue to be a point of focus for the church. Um, Israel is in 2024. Dude. Yeah. And you, I actually never had heard of this supersessionism. Is that yes. how you say it? Which Replacement is, theology is the right. term. That's the that's the theological term for um, replacement theology. Is more of the kind of colloquial way of saying supersessionism. Some people will ask you to call it fulfillment theology, which is like we believe that God's purposes have been fulfilled, uh, you know, with the Jewish people and with Israel. So it's kind of a a way of getting around replacement theology, which has a somewhat negative connotation. At least it's basically like saying that we've kind of replaced them as God's chosen people. Anyone who says yes to Jesus has become God's chosen people. And there's no longer, and in, in a sense there, there is, uh, you know, I would say that we have been included into things now, you know, and there's, there are ways to think about that. This is like a very nuanced (laughs) discussion. Yeah. And I don't want that later. Everybody. It is a really, it's an important thing to understand um, for sure. And, you know, it's funny, justice actually had a dream. I'll, I'll go into this, you know, this is, this is kind of a bizarre thing, you know, and she doesn't have a lot of dreams when she does dream. I typically think that they're significant, but she had a dream that people were burning down specifically Jewish high rises and apartments in America. Um, and that they were going around any building that was owned by a Jew and they were burning it down and that they were anything that they owned. It was almost like a reversal back into like when that would happen. And so she woke up like really distressed by this This has happened a couple of days ago. And it's very unusual for her to have a dream like this. <laughs> so it feels heavy on my heart just to kind of talk about like, you know, we are one of the only people in the world right now. And that doesn't mean that Israel does everything right. That doesn't mean that Jews do everything not. right. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. What, what we're saying is that God's promises and his covenants are eternal. Um, I support Israel more because of how I feel about the Lord than I do because of how I feel about Israel or the Jewish people. Um, I want to be behind what the Lord is behind. And that's why I support and support it. Um, Well, and I think too, there's this thing now that says, if you are for something, you are for it, do or die. Like it's a hundred percent in. And I'm like, I'm for a lot of people in my life knowing full well, they are going to make mistakes. Like full well. And, and I expect the same courtesy from other people as we're all making our way to the, being conformed to the image of Christ. But so to say, I think that that's the thing that is really challenging with this whole Israel thing too, within the church is they're like, 
a lot of it is being fed by hyperbole and um you know skewing mm -hmm. truth and mm -hmm. um like okay i'll give you an example this is a perfect example i was watching every now and then i watched some stand-up comedy bits and there's yeah. one that recommended video that popped up uh, and my feed is a guy who's raised Muslim and and um, can still considers himself Muslim, but I'm more nominally so. And he was saying, oh, and he was saying he was setting up a joke, but he was talking about how his grandma was uh, grew up in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he was like, and, uh, you know, when she was younger, uh, Israel had invaded Lebanon. Right. Didn't say why. Right. Didn't. Of didn't say why. <laughs> and, and that's what. It, and so he set up this joke and he's like, oh, and then this this rocket they fired a rocket into her home but it didn't blow up it just like landed right in front of them with you know so he set this whole thing up didn't provide it, it there's a lot of that going around where they just yeah. kind of throw out israel did this israel did that and people go well that's so mean like they yeah. fired a rocket into a civilian's home and i'm like oh, the, the why is very yeah. important as to why right. they right. Like totally and nothing happens in a vacuum you know i mean right. it's and you know there is there's there is a reaction now that's happening where these two sides are kind of, you know, oscillating off of each other. If yeah. you um, And, you know, like I said, dude, we could have a whole conversation about this. Um, and it's something, you know, I used to debate, uh, you know, I've debated on um, MIT's campus, on Toronto University's campus. Um, we've been to, I mean, some Berkeley, we've been all over the U.S. debating Palestinian activists on the Israel issue, not using the Bible actually to do, to have these debates um, on who is the real oppressor of the Palestinians. Is it Israel or is it the Palestinian government itself was kind of the question we were asking. And so there, there is no question that the Palestinian people are getting the raw end of this deal. Oh yeah. Everyone wants to blame Israel, uh, but it's not that simple. It's not that simple at all. And so you know, there are, there's a lot to be said on this, this argument, but I, I, I think it's going to continue to be an issue that the church, that the Lord is going to sift hearts in, in the church specifically on where do we land on, on what's happening with Israel and the Jewish people. Yeah. Come on. Honestly, dude, all these topics we could do whole, I know whole, we, whole we things on, I know and we should, there's plenty of material <laughs> for the whole year, Chris. Uh, all right. So let's jump into the four distinct challenges and opportunities for the nation. Yeah. So this year, we're going to see, obviously, the Trump saga, which I'm sure just hearing that people are going to either be super excited or just rolling, rolling their eyes. eyes like, I have to take more of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're going to, you know, the Trump thing is going to be an unavoidable thing in 2024. We also, dude, are very much badly in need of a economic miracle right now. Oh, um, man. And I want to talk a little dude. bit about that because I feel like so many people are suffering and hurting um, right now. They're like, we're working more jobs. We're doing more things. We just feel like we're, we're making less money. We feel like we're struggling. Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about illegal immigration right now, too, because I think that's going to be a huge challenge in front of the, the U.S. for 2024. And then I want to kind of end it on this idea of family. Yeah. So I will say this about all these the presidential challenge, economic challenge, illegal immigration, and then family is all of these things whether we like it or not as I'll, I'll say as Americans, yes, but even as internationals, yeah, we have to look at them. Like okay. I look my mountain, I've been very clear arts and entertainment. You guys all know that, you know that, but we have to 
we have to acknowledge this stuff yeah. and and to like there's no opting to not play totally. there's no passing on this one yeah. like we need to have the courage to actually address this stuff mm -hmm. because like chris has kind of laid out and i've laid out you know this this whole episode there's there's a lot at stake and there's a lot of stuff that's being very clearly pushed in one direction yeah and it's important that we don't encourage it to go further yes. in, in that direction totally well so you know the first thing when we talk about trump i think i just need to first say that just because someone supports trump doesn't mean that they think everything he does is right dude come on you're not for the character of the man that's I it. don't want my son to be like trump you know like as a man of god like none of those things like i you know, God, God used Pharaoh, you know, a wicked man to, to fulfill the purposes that God needed fulfilled for that time. So, you know, I'm not calling Trump Pharaoh either. I'm just saying like, we don't have to carte blanche, just like sign off on everything that someone does and still support him. Like we can support yeah. someone and, and disagree with certain things that they do. Yeah. And there's, there's like, if people talk, I don't often air it out on here, but like, if people ask me, I'll tell you my issues with, with Trump. Like totally. I voted for the guy, totally. you know, but I think, again, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier with, with Israel though, is now there's this whole thing of if you're for it a hundred percent and that can be pro or against yeah. whatever it is. So if you're a Trumper, then you, you voted for Trump, all of a sudden they, they, they label you with all these things and, Oh, you know, like, I'm like, look, I, we can have a, a, a an honest conversation, a mature yeah. conversation about our disagreements with uh, some of his policy and, and things that he did like that's healthy, but mm -hmm. to sit there and just accept something is a hundred percent. Yeah. That's unhealthy too. Totally. And this is dude, my, my feeling about Trump is this, that he is for whatever reason. And we could have a long conversation about that. He is God's man for this hour. I think he is a wrecking ball to a system that needs to be wrecked to some degree. And that's one of the reasons why he's being, why God has chosen him. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and I think simply it's as simple as that. I also think that, that sometimes God, this sounds weird, but God doesn't always send a saint to do a sinner's work, if that makes sense, you know? And so like, there's a lot of things that are around even the role of the president in the U S at this, at this hour. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's not always meant for, for the most righteous man. Let me just say it like that. You know, like I think that they're there that God can use someone who has the, 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 the character of Trump in very effective ways for, for this hour and all of the injustice that's been done, all the lies, all of the, like the Russia collusion, COVID January 6th, the entire Biden presidency, all of this kind of stuff, dude, mm -hmm. that's an affront to every American. Okay. It's happened to Trump, but that's an affront like for, for there to be peace in this nation right now, justice needs to be done on all of those issues. Mm -hmm. And I just believe that Trump is going to be the, the man that God uses for, for that hour with all of his flaws. Um, like I, you know, did you ever see the, I know you've seen the matrix. <laughs> right. I actually just watched it a couple months ago. Again. Uh, dude, it's such a great movie. It is a great movie. It's a great movie. You know, the scene at the end where all the Mr. Smith's like are firing on him and uh -huh. he's got all of those like bullets coming at him and it's yeah. like, he just nothing. No. And he holds out. Yeah, he neo. He's, he's like, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> as much as to use a cheesy an analogy, like yeah. that, I think that that's going to be. I don't think any of this stuff that they're trying to use against Trump is going to stick, and that he's going to make it through, and that that's going to be a significant healing for the nation, if you can believe it. 
Well, and I mean, if you see the guy's demeanor, even after everything that's happened, he's like, this country is fantastic. <laughs> oh, <totally. laughs> fantastic. You know? Yeah, yeah. My amazing I mean, Trump impression. He is. And then there's so much I love about him. There's yeah. things I disagree with for sure. But there, I think I think the the point is, um, whether we like it or not, like that's like he's the man for the hour for, for the next stage of America. Well, and look, to be honest, I, I, there's a lot of things he says where I'm like, start over yeah but but at the same time i think that there is this whole thing of like dude there's so much corruption yeah so much corruption in our government and we have so many people who are abusing their power abusing our money you guys our money and they've gone unchecked and and to go well we need somebody nicer in there and i'm like okay hold on Totally. So let's just break this down for a second. <laughs> all right. Right. You are basing your opinion of him still off of the 85 plus percent of left leaning media mm-hmm. and entertainment and all of that, basing it, it's going through that filter. All right. Look, I'm not crazy about a lot of his approaches to things. It's sure. uncomfortable. Sometimes I listen to him and I sweat. I'm like, totally oh, dude. man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. number one, dude gets results and they're, yeah. f- they're, they're for all of us. All yeah. right. And um, also, maybe it's a red flag. I'm just saying, Chris, maybe it's a red flag uh, to us that the majority that's primarily left-leaning all these Mm -hmm. megaphones you know arts and entertainment Mm -hmm. you know media are all speaking against him and criticizing him and telling you to hate him and that he's the worst maybe that's a red flag yep for sure what he's trying to do is buck that whole system maybe i'm just saying maybe it's a red flag yes maybe just a little bit but you know here's the other thing is like it's not just corruption dude there's like serious evil like yeah human trafficking disgusting sexual stuff bro that we blow our minds like wars things that are violence like it's not just corruption and what's crazy to me about this is that trump is used or god is using an ex-game show host to like make a mockery of all of the people that are behind all of this right how's that for irony how is that for irony how do you like that you get you you know not only are you going to get toppled over you're going to get toppled over by this ridiculous bombastic like in your face new york street brawler you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's like God picks such a bizarre package to put this in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do think that like, that's what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, like, I just think we need to get behind that. We need to understand that we need to understand that not everything is going to look the way we want it to look. And that's okay. And I mean, honestly, I, I would encourage anybody who stumbled across this. Most people who are watching this are going to agree with what we're saying, but there are going to be some people who don't. Yeah. And maybe they agreed with everything we said up until we mentioned Trump's name. Right. I would encourage you, please listen to me. I would encourage you to genuinely go look at what Trump accomplished in his four years. Mm-hmm. Just genuinely just go look at, at the things he accomplished and do a deep dive into those things. And I think you're going to start to, your mind's going to start to change. Cause yeah. I'll admit 2016 came around. I didn't vote. I'm going to be completely honest <laughs> because I was like, I don't want Hillary Clinton in and I don't want Trump in. Yep. And I, you know, and Lauren was the same way. And and look, I'm not necessarily, I'm not encouraging that. I'm just saying yeah. that's what, that was the reality. It was the reality for a lot of people. Very quickly though, I yeah. started to notice things change around and I was like, 
this guy is actually doing what he yeah. said he was going to do in like record time. Yeah. And that's when my, uh, that's when I really started to pay attention. And then I started to realize just the outright propaganda that was yeah, totally. things that I believed yeah. and there were clips taken out of context and things yeah. like that. So, but not that only moment? that dude, it's, it's really, I mean, a hundred percent what you're saying. Um, and he had horrible people around him for those four years. Yeah. He's going to be much smarter now about who, who, who he puts around him. And I think that that's going to make him significantly more effective. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Yeah. Like it, it has to. So, you know, yeah. I think that, I just think we have to look past the package. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. okay. Well, I mean, cause I'm like, like people wanted Biden there was the whole like kind of like trying to relive the the golden years yeah, of Obama yeah. era and whatever that was and, yeah whatever that was <laughs> yeah you, oh you mean the housing crisis right right much yeah. other things totally. we're experiencing a lot kind of very similar to what we're experiencing right now um yeah. okay so I, we could spend a lot of time talking about this but okay so the first presidential but then economic is another challenge yeah. for us yeah and and I would like just just to say with all these challenges when I say challenge, I mean a challenge in a way that God's going to come through for us. Yeah. There's things to be aware of, like things that, and I want to say economic because I feel like a lot of people are struggling, but they don't feel validated by that. They're like, why am I struggling, you know, in, in, in these ways? I mean, it's, to me, it was a major indicator when that, did you hear the Northman North of Richmond um, song by Oliver, Oliver Anthony yeah. that came out? Yes. Yeah. That just like exploded this guy, this like, you know, guy from the middle of nowhere just puts a YouTube video out on how hard things are economically right now. And it's got yeah. like everyone just, and to me, that's a huge indicator of what I, what I've known for a long time, which is that, you know, the consumer price index numbers, which are just how America judges inflation are significantly not true. So you hear things like inflation is only a 6%, 7%, all these things. That's, that's totally not true. The real number is closer to like 20, between 20 and 25%. If we want to, we want to know like wow. what the inflation is since 2020, there's a, there's a group out there called shadow statistics, a bunch of economists who get together and try to look at what is the real inflation numbers. Oh, One of the wow. reasons why they're able to get away with producing false inflation numbers is they take fuel and they take um, food out of the inflation numbers that they produce every month. Yeah. See, that's the crazy part. It's like, dude, that's crazy. Food like, alone, dude. Yes. Yeah. And if you take food and inflation out, what else do you have? Okay. You're looking at like, okay, the cost of a TV has gone down. The cost of an iPad has gone down. Yeah. Well, no one cares because we don't eat that stuff. Like that. Right. And people aren't buying them. That's why the numbers go. That's right. That's right. And so yeah. you have all of these, they look at all of these goods that don't matter and they, they manipulate that number. Um, so I want to first just say, and the second thing is in 2022, Congress gave themselves a 21% raise. Oh, so you God bless them. You think wow. they don't know what the real numbers are? Yeah. They know exactly what the real numbers are. And so they're, you know, they're, this whole idea of like, you know, why, why does it feel like our dollar is going less? Or why does it feel like we're not making enough? Why are we? And economic factors, dude, they're huge to how people feel when they think about, should we have family? Should we have kids? Like, can we support that? Like, all those things are big into the psyche right. of big into the result of how someone processes something. Let me just put it that way. So, yeah. you know, I, we're, we're in a place right now where we need, I'm going to just call it like a modern monetary miracle. 
<laughs> and we we do need this in a major way in this nation. So yeah. I, I just think that that's going to be one of the things that happens um, over the next year or two is that we're going to see something that really changes and, br- and brings a lot of relief to the economy in, in America. Mm, come on, man. And I again, guys, I don't want you to get into despair with this. No. Chris is laying out like like it's very important if you're going to to uh, to. Uh, OK, let's say there's an enemy base. All right. right. And you're going to take it on. You're like, we're going to salt this thing. You're not going to just run blind into it. You're going to assess the obstacles and the challenges. Hey, there's more concentration of this on this side. We need to put more energy into attacking it that way. Uh, But if you guys recall, Yvonne gave a great message about the kind of last show of the year about belief. It was something that God convicted her on. She laid out all these different things of like, oh God, I want, I'm believing you for this and this and this. Mm -hmm. And he called her out and he said, all of these things you can do on your own. Like yeah. all of these things are like, if it's like, Oh, I want to build my, my social media platform a little bit more. And I'm like that there's a lot of ways that you personally can, can implement systems into that. But this is a challenge, not just for ourselves and going, okay, what are some things in my life, God, that only you could do? That's right. Okay. But then that also magnifies to the nation as well. What are some things God, that only you can turn around. Totally. Chris, you're laying those out for people. Yes, totally. So if anybody was having a a problem of like figuring out where they could pray and and believe in faith, um, here you go. Totally. And I'm also trying to validate, I feel like, because I feel like the propaganda, the manipulation is so strong when they talk about Bidenomics and the economy. Yeah. And it would be really easy to feel like, man, I must be falling behind because I'm not able to do all these things and I feel like I'm struggling. I'm going to try to just validate like, what you're being told is a total lie. Yeah, and good. you know there is a there. Is, it makes a lot of sense why you would be economically struggling right now, yeah. and still doing all the things responsibly that you should be doing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying it, and I'm saying that that's going to be turned around. We're going to experience a modern mer- a modern monetary miracle in in this season, and so that's the only reason I'm saying it. Not because I want to highlight how difficult things are, but because I don't think that we're end of Amer- we're at the end of America. I don't think we're at the end, end times. I don't think we're in. I think. I think God is about to do amazing things in all of these things. And it's exactly like you're saying, Jeff, I'm just trying to highlight the big movements that I think we're going to see from God this year. It's so good. All right. So let's talk about illegal immigration. Yes, well, this, this, happening. Is like, <laughs> this is this one's uh this one's a doozy. This one's a spicy one, dude, especially for people in the church. Cause the, 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 the take is, is like, okay, if there's someone who's hurting, if there's someone who needs need, who has a need, we have to go meet it. And as a nation, like it's our job to like take in every single person who needs to come here, who wants to come here. So I want to just kind of like talk about that. First of all, like we're experiencing, I think the number is something like 350,000 people a year coming into, or a month coming into a month. That's a, that's nuts, dude. That's way more kids than any of us are having. So if you want to talk about like the idea that demographics is destiny to your nation, like whatever demographics are producing in your nation, that's going to be the future. And that's a very popular slogan, demographics is destiny. And so if you want to talk about like, what does that mean for the future of a, na- for future of a nation, if everyone who's coming into it illegally is producing more than the people who are like citizens of that nation, what does that mean for that, for that nation, right? That's, that's one question. The second question is, is like, do we as a nation have an obligation to take in like all these people? 
What does yeah. the, the church say about that, right? Like what, like, what do you think you would hear if you heard this message on a Sunday about immigration? I'm just curious, like. Yeah, I mean, it depends. I guess it depends on what church you're going to. Yeah. But I would say there's, there's always. <sighs> okay, Lord, help me. Uh, there, there's, <laughs> there is this whole thing of like, oh, blessed with everything that we're talking about. Blessed yeah. are the meek. There, you know, um, and I think that we get kind of lost in that of going, okay, well, blessed are the meek. All right. So I'm hands off completely hands off completely with whatever the issue is. I'm hands off completely. We also have a responsibility as citizens, especially as it, as it pertains to like we're talking about earlier with the constitution, the U S constitution. So, um, I would say people would be very pro compassion. Yeah. And be like, oh, we'll just love people and we need to love which people. Is, and Which is good, right? Like we should be with compassion. What, what happens, like, let's think about this on a smaller scale. Okay, what if I've got kids and I'm not able to feed my kids? Should I go be giving the, the money that I do have to like the homeless or to someone else's kids? Wouldn't that make me a bad father? Yeah. Yeah. Even even if there's even if there's real need in another place, if I have not taken care of my own kids, like my first obligation is to my children, right? Obviously, right. Um, so we are in a place as a nation where we are not even taking care of like our own nation right now. Like it's in yeah. such disarray. We have no uh, no right to be trying to take care of other people's problems right now. Yeah. So on a very real scale, like that's, that's like a non-negotiable right now. Forget the fact that all of these people that are coming in illegally are doing, doing it for, I would say less than like for very nefarious reasons they're coming in. And well, yeah, I by mean, design, right. Of course. Yeah. Like and we're I not think even looking at women and children coming in from like war and torn nations, which maybe you could make a case for like, Okay, guys, we got to really stretch ourselves because it's women and children coming but in. It's all, it's a lot of it's men, right? It's all like, fighting age men, dude. Yeah, I've um, seen, yeah. And I think that's the other thing that you're, uh, you brought up a really interesting point fighting age men. Like, do we have an obligation to take in 300,000 fighting age men every month to this nation right now? And I think the, the answer is no, we, we should no. not. We should not be doing that. That's not compassion. That's like insanity, right? Like, would I, would I let, and here's the crazy thing about this. I listened to this very, very interesting report from uh, a guy who's been with Department of Homeland Security. He's worked on the border for the last 20 years. They have a specific code for a person, a man who's coming from, this is all men, by the way, a man who comes from a foreign nation who's been somehow connected to some kind of terrorist group. And it's like a, it's a specific like uh, categorization if they're coming in and then they like, when they're doing their background checks on these people, if this person throws up as, Hey, this is actually a person from Afghanistan, or if it's actually a person from Iraq or Pakistan or someplace like that, he said in all of his 20 years, he's only seen like three or four, but he said in the last six months, they've seen over a hundred of these kinds of people. And they're just releasing them into the U S. And so this is not to like project fear again. This is just saying like, we're, we're, when, if we're going to have a nation, one of the first things that needs to happen is we need to have like a mass deportation of all of the people that are in here illegally. Many of them who are people that should not be in, in any nation, much less this nation. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that we have to deal with. And I think the problem is, is that when I have this conversation with Christians, there's always this like, well, shouldn't we be compassionate to people? That's always that thing. And, and, and the answer is, of course. Yeah. But 
you know, compassion has to live in tension with other things. It cannot be like the only motive that we have for doing anything because their compassion can run and totally destroy any other thing that you're trying to do there, there, there is a point where compassion becomes not compassion. Well, and that's, that's the thing that I've, I often use to describe um, a lot of policy being introduced that's been introduced because uh, I call it compassion gone mad. Okay. Yes, and it's, totally. it's like, well, we want to protect trans people. Right. So we want to enact, uh, we want to pass a bill that prevents people who adopt people through, through, uh, you know, different, you know, means, uh, from, uh, they need to, they need to basically, we want to protect people that wanted to have gender affirming surgeries yeah. and, and things like that. So that is, it's like, we want to protect these people. So we're going to enforce compassion. Well, it's not compassionate totally. anymore. Totally. And it's the same. I mean, I'm not, no, I'm not even going to go there because that's like a huge conversation. Yeah. I'm not going to do it, Chris. I'm not going to open <laughs> the other cameras I was going to do. But anyways, I think that, um, I think that that is something that it needs to be addressed. And I think that here's the other thing. Here's the other kind of um, area where they try to dig at you is they go, there's this lie that says that conservatives uh, are not, they, they hate immigrants. Mm hmm which is so not, true. so not true. It is so far from yeah. the truth, you know? And I think that the absurdity of if, if you took any other country and replaced America as like the center of the argument and said, okay, well, okay, let's say there's like a mass, a mass invasion through the Southern border into France. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden France is having issues and they're starting to push back. And then you ridicule them for pushing back and be like, whoa, we need to regulate. This is like a lot of people. Right. It, it, suddenly, suddenly it, your perspective shifts because yes. now you're like, yeah, that's absurd. Totally. Um, you know, but, but because it's America and there's this lie that America has to be the savior of everybody, that America mm -hmm. has to be the police of everybody. Totally. And that's not something that, that basically you're pushing them into some kind of imperialism. Right. Because you're like, okay, well now they have to be everywhere and they have oh. to be anyways. Yes. And I, and I'm, and you know, I'm for super pro for like the right kind of legal immigration. Yeah. You know, and I think one of the questions I just, this is a great way to like talk about this issue is just put it on that person's house. Like, would you want like a murderer? Would you, okay, let's just say he's on the street and he's homeless. Would you take him into your home with your kids? Even if he doesn't have a home, like, isn't it sad? He doesn't have a home this guy who's committed murder and rape. I mean, it is sad that he doesn't have a home and that he's like going through this stuff, but would you tend, would you invite him into your home at that point? Like that mm -hmm. doesn't, of course not, you know? And so a home, the nation is just an extension of a home. That's all yeah. this is. It's, you know, we share streets, we share communities, we share all of these things together. And so, you know, this, this reality is that this is, this is a diabolical plan to change and destroy the nation. What's happening. Of course. Like yeah. Yeah. And, and so, I think that that's a really, I mean, Chris, you brought up a really important detail and that is everything should be an extension of our home. So like if our home is a certain way and everybody else is in agreement in this, your neighborhood is going to look a certain way. And then your city is going to look a certain way. And then the nation is going to look a certain way, your state, your nation, you know, and I think that 
looking at everything i'm going okay well the solution happens in my home yeah. like just like i wouldn't expect if if your water heater blows up you're not going to be like hey government come fix it right no you're going to fix it because, because the water is going to destroy it you're yeah. going to destroy everything in your home totally and and so if we can look at it from that perspective of like do, do we we need to look at ways to fix these issues even with within our homes and so yep. i guess that kind of segues us into your final yes well that, my hope dude is that and i believe that you know a lot of i think i think god works through families i really believe this and so i think we're going to see a resurgence a renaissance of family you know the antidote to corporate christianity like the woke perversion of culture the uh, overreach of government, the demographic challenges of the nation, all these things that we've talked about, it can all come back to a healthy family. Like we need healthy family. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people don't know what that looks like. Maybe you don't come from a healthy family. Maybe you have an opportunity to start a family, but you're like, my family was so bad. I don't know how I could do it. Or, you know, maybe you want to do it and you have the capacity to do it, but you don't know like what to do. I want to encourage everyone to check out a group called Family Teams. Um, there is this amazing group online called family teams. I think that they have the most anointing of anyone I've ever heard talk about family, um, as an extension of what does it mean to be a family on mission? What does it mean to have a generational family? What does it mean to think about family the way that God does? They have, they have, it's really an amazing group. They do some great podcasting. They're all over the internet. So, you know, I, and I want to just say, cause I know that this is like a, you know, this is going to be a Gen Z millennial sh millennial show. If you're just starting out, it can seem so scary to start a family with all the challenges. Maybe you don't feel ready. Maybe you don't feel like you economically can do it. But I want to just say, don't be afraid. Like maybe the most influence that you can have for the kingdom right now is to get married, to have a family, to start thinking about what does it look like to have a legacy, to start doing this for the kingdom. You might not be ready. I'll probably tell, I'll tell you that you probably aren't ready. Like you're, you're never going to feel ready in that sense. But what I'm going to say is that God is going to find a way for you. Like God will be with you. He will provide all the things that you need. All you need to do is just step out in faith and believe that this is something that you're supposed to do. And I really believe that Christians having family is the hope for the future of this nation. Like that's where my hope is, is like strong families. It's not with like a big mega church. It's not with even what Trump does. It's not in politics. It's it honestly, for me, comes down to family. Yeah. Um, and so I just I just want to encourage everyone to take that step to start having kids to do these things that it is really it is maybe the biggest countercultural thing that you can do right now mm. is to have yeah. hope in that kind of future. Yeah, come on. Dude. Yes to that. There was another thought that I was going to have but uh, that I was going to I forgot, but that doesn't matter. Um yeah, Chris, I uh I I think that's my my big focus this year is yeah. less on like, it doesn't matter who's in office. I, I, I'm speaking in terms of my purpose and like the things that God has called right. me to. It doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter this, doesn't matter that. Like my responsibility is to pursue God and to be obedient. And I think if we, if we can get ourselves into that space and just trust that God is going to do what he's going to do. Pray into the things we're supposed to pray into. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying be hands off, but man, like I just, I, I guess my heart's desire is in my prayer is to see the church 
running is to see it moving yes. in the directions that God has it to move into rather than like constantly judging this person's approach and that person's approach. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you as, as a believer? What are you doing? And it's so important, you guys. And if that is that you're a stay-at-home mom and you're raising up the next generation, right. like amazing. Like yep. that is not a less important thing totally, than, totally. oh man, I wish I could do this. Or I wish I had a, a show like this or that, you know, I wish I had a platform in this area. Yeah. Like, dude, like that is an amazing, yes. amazing honor yeah. is to raise yeah. up the next generation. So, well, dude, and there's another group called um, famous at home, I think is what it is. And the whole idea behind it is what you just said. Like the most influence that you might ever have is with your kids and it probably will be. Um, and if you think about like these seeds are your legacy spiritually, they're your legacy on like what you can build. They're the place that you're going to have the most influence. Um, and in many ways, it's a biblical model. We always see this. God works through families. He works through the Abrahamic family. I mean, like you look at this David's family, it's over and over. God is building up families. And so I just think that that it's also the place that we have the most influence. So if you're like, man, I just want to know like what I can do right now, get married, go start a family, go, go look into the darkness of the night and recognize that like you have the capacity, like you have the strength. God is going to support that. Like just have the faith to do that and step out there and do it. And God's going to be with you. Mm, so good. So good, Chris. Well, I mean, this was a great conversation and it was very, long. <laughs> very loaded. <laughs> and there was a lot of, uh, by God's grace, a lot of rabbit trails I did not go down because <laughs> uh, this would have been even longer. But um, yeah. definitely open opens the door for a lot more conversation about this, I would say. And I would encourage people to really start acknowledging, if you haven't been acknowledging these things, praying into them, maybe even create a list um, and just allow the Holy Spirit to kind of highlight things that just at first glance. Yeah, really stood out to you in this conversation of areas where you felt kind of that stirring within your spirit of like, oh man, yeah, I really care about this, this subject. Yeah. Um, but also to, to really begin to have these conversations with people yeah. um, and to really open that door and the Lord's going to show you clever ways, especially if you're like, well, I really know that my family needs to start talking about this stuff, but it, you know, they yeah. always yell when we talk about this stuff. Totally. The Holy Spirit's going to give you creative <laughs> ways and avenues yeah. into those areas. You and- check out family teams. Seriously, go check yeah. out family teams. They, they have like, they are writing the book on this, on how to be like a family on mission and how to do this. And they have like the templates, the framework, the structure for how to think about all this stuff. Actually, Jeff, you should have one of these guys on your show. Sometime. I know I, I actually made a mental note, but you know, what's interesting though, about what you're talking about, Chris, about family and, and the, the importance of families, the roles of fathers in homes mm-hmm. and things like that is you're starting to see this more in, um, in the, uh, the arts and entertainment stories like this yes. all of a sudden starting to resonate. A good example of that is, um, last year, um, well, no, last year, but the year before in 2022, avatar came out and it was all that's all it was about it was about really? it was about the a family and and like the main character just his role as a father and and it was very pro masculine it was very pro father very pro family and i was like very interesting 
Yeah, and she elimination gave the quote. He says, "This family is our fortress." He's yes. talking to his wife, and Amen. he said, "This Amen. family is our fortress." And you just see the fire of a protective father mm-hmm. and a protective mother. Yes, but, but but in that movie, you see like this. Just I mean, when a threat comes his way, yeah, like, he'll go to like. I mean, I just loved it. I thought it was an That's amazing. So good, movie. dude. I love that. I'm really encouraged by that. I and I think. To that point, you know, Justice actually talks a lot about what it, what it means to be just like a fiery woman, dude, in her book, From Feminist to Feminine, the one I was telling you about at the beginning of the show. And I think that's a great, a great resource for women. Jeremy, the guy who – and Jeremy is a good friend of mine who started Family Teams. He partnered with a guy named Jeff Bethke who's got like a super famous like internet personality. Jeff has got an amazing gift for telling stories. And Jeremy is kind of a – he's just a theologian, philosopher, like – kind of the why behind things, but they do a podcast called uh, the five minute, five minute fatherhood where, and it's so easy just to listen to it. Cause it's just five minute podcast every wow. day <laughs> um, where they just take bite-sized ideas and just kind of go through them every day. So there's some good resources out here, dude, but I, I love that illumination. The family is our fortress. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's also, um, you know, I think Jeremy's writing a book right now called The Ruling Household, which I think is such a powerful name on like, I, I think that there is destiny in the people of God to rule and reign on the earth. And I think the way that they're going to do that is through family. Um, so yeah, dude, that's a big belief I, that I have right now too. Mm-hmm. So good, man. Well, Chris, why don't you go ahead and just, I mean, I, I guess this, we talked about a lot. Why don't you just go ahead and just pray for people? Yeah. I don't, a lot of people, I was like, just cause I really do like having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was curious to see what direction it was going to go with the audience, but they actually seem that they seem like they're really, they really like it. Like they're like, right. this is a really great, honest conversation. And, um, I think that we just need to have the courage to be open and not pretend like we know everything. I think that, you know, very multiple times in this, I was like, look, I'll be real with you. <laughs> like, uh, you know, um, yeah. So I think that, you know, people are really resonating with this. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, I guess. Yeah, dude. Well, I think that I'll, I'll do that. And I just, I want to just close it by saying, you know, um, I don't know, you know, that, that part in Lord of the Rings, I think one of the Lord of the Rings is one of the most epic movies for like good triumphing. It's so one, one of the best stories. Period. One of the best stories. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about it is perfect. Um, you know, but yeah you always have these really critical moments where the darkness has built up, you know, and they've got, whether the orcs are going over Ronan or they're, you know, they're Rohan or they're, you know, they're at the the gates of Minas Tirith or whatever it is that's going to happen, you know? And I think that we, we all need to kind of see ourselves in this epic of good and evil. I think that God, God is a storyteller. He does this in nations. He does this in our lives. He does this in all of these, all just that's just who he is, you know. And so I think we're at this moment in 2024 where we're going to just see the amazing uh, hand of God come through in just beautiful ways. And so I just hope that people are encouraged by this ultimately. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'll just pray for everyone. Yeah. Would I just lift up everyone, Father, who's listening to the show right now, God? People that are maybe just I don't know in their own place of trying to figure out like what is their role in all this, what is their what is their call in all this? What is their, maybe they're just feeling anxiety or depression or just whatever it is that the last really eight years have kind of culminated in God, that you would just be with each person um, in their own unique way, God, that you would speak to their heart, God, that you would encourage them, Father. I just think of that, um, 
I'm going to go back to the Lord of the Rings when each one of them is given a gift, Father, um, when they're on their journey, each one of the, the fellowship, they go out. And I just pray right now, Father, that you would just give to each person's heart, Father, the gift uh, that would release them deeper into their calling right now, Father, um, that they would ride out, God, and, and recognize, Lord, that even though that sometimes we're surrounded by darkness, God, that we can find light in you, um, Lord, that we need people of courage that throw off the darkness and say, you know, we're not going to let this happen on our watch, Father, that we need the fighters, we need the courageous, we need those who are going to pursue hope and faith and the fruits of the Spirit and the good things of the earth, Father, um, that you want to see, Lord David's mighty men rise up, Father. Uh, mighty women, mighty men, Father, mighty families, God, that are just going to push back against the darkness, Father. So I just pray for a spirit of courage and hope uh, to be released on the audience right now, Father. And let me pray. Amen. Mm, amen. Chris, thank you so much, man. Um, I love it, dude. I love, love you guys. Super good. Uh, so uh, obviously you have Moment of, Moment of Truth. It's a show mm-hmm. on um, Restore 7 TV, the Restore 7 app. If people yeah. want to get that, they can. I think it's Restore 7 TV app or is it Restore 7 app? Restore 7 TV. Yeah. Yeah. And people can watch that. What is it about? Tell people what moment of truth. You know, that first season was a lot about like talking about some of the postmodern stuff um, that's been going on in America. My wife and I do it. Um, I, I think I'm going to be releasing a new thing called Present Witness, um, which is going to focus on kind of the theological basis on stuff more and more intellectual. Um, and I'm going to dive into some deeper stuff there as well, but um, we're going to be producing a lot of content this year in general. So I think the best place to follow us is just the justice and Chris Instagram channel mm-hmm. or get the restore seven TV app, which you should do that anyways, cause it's free and there's some amazing content on there from just amazing people. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and also too, you guys, Illumination had a great, great idea. Do us a favor. If there's any topics we didn't cover, um, feel free to write us. You can write us, you can message us on Facebook, DM us on Instagram. You can comment in the comment section. If there's any other topics you're like, oh man, this would be amazing to talk about it, whether with Chris or someone else, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially as we're, we're going to, we're definitely going to be trying our best to face these topics head on this year as they come and not turn a blind eye to them um, and have more of these types of conversations. Um, So please let us know you guys. Um, And then again, links to all the stuff Chris mentioned are in the description. Also justice's book, the pre-order for that is in the description as well. Feminist to feminine. And yes, the cover is really cool. Uh, I was like, cool covers. (laughs) It is awesome. Yeah. It's, it's cool. She she's using Eve and Mary um, as kind of these two like prototype women um, to kind of talk through like how to think about the feminine journey. Yeah. How did who who made that cover? That's like he, dude. It's so crazy. Justice. There's this amazing um, girl on Etsy who Justice like loved her artwork. I wish I could remember her name to give her the shout out, but. She does this really, really cool art on Etsy, and we reached out to her, and she like loved the concept, and she just did the cover art for us. Amazing, yeah, love it, so cool. All right, well, link is in the description to that as well. You guys definitely want to show some love and pre-order that. I think everyone's going to benefit from it, guys and girls, but girls especially, um, especially as you're trying to navigate a lot of these complicated yes. issues, and you know. Like, man, like, how do I even have my, my, my sisters are you know, raw burning feminists. How do I yeah, yeah, yeah. 
sit down with your sister justice yeah absolutely <laughs> it, will, it will actually really help men too i honestly yeah. just get into the psyche of the women to some degree too yeah for sure so all right guys Chris, again thank you so much and everybody be blessed tomorrow tune in tomorrow we've got andrea hobart i saw some people super excited about that um so she'll be on at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time tomorrow we love you guys and we'll see you then okay, bye. this has been elijah fire thanks for listening for more episodes like this you can check out the elijah fire podcast on elijahfire.com on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m pacific time on youtube rumble twitch and facebook Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.